listening to Affect Autism, where Affect is the number one tool we use in supporting child development through playful interactions. Welcome back to part two of my interview with Kyle Robinson and Michelle Abraham Montgomery. Last week, in taking that step on the red carpet, we heard about Kyle's journey, about his self-advocacy work, and about Shell's inspiring story that led her to doing the work with families that she does today. This week, we're going to dive into that work with some examples of what she did with High Fidelity Wraparound in Philadelphia, about the awesome movement, and about autistic ambassadors. We asked Kylil, what is some of the most meaningful work he's done that sticks in his mind? I hope you'll enjoy part two. Get 15% off any DIR 101 course and introduction to DIR and DIR floor time through ICDL.com by using the promo code AFFECTA15, that's A-F-F-E-C-T-A-1-5. I ended off part one with describing how we share the same values, the Developmental Individual Differences Relationship-Based Model, or DIR floor time, and the work that Kylil and Shell are doing. So on the topic of those values, let's first dive in to the work that Shell has done. I really would love to hear you talk more about the team-based work that you did with the Hi-Fi team when you, when you talked about how you interact with families, because I think it really brings out those values. And so with um, Hi-Fi, oh my goodness, amazing. Um, just being able to be neutral, being a liaison, right? Having that stance to say, I'm not on anybody's side, but what I can do is help you see their point of view from their perspective and help the other person see their point of view from their perspective. And I found, you know, again, God just aligning me with the role that I needed to play in life in these positions where I had to, to be neutral, have a neutral stance at work, even working for the school district, being, you know, a classroom assistant or being a liaison, home and school, um, a regional rep, home and representative. The thing is, is that I'm helping two different opinions come together so that they can work in harmony for the greater good of everyone, right? And so that's what I loved about the high fidelity rep. Now, a lot of times people think, well, we're high file wrap around, meaning that, you know, it's like therapeutic, but it's like we wrap around the entire family, right? The entire team, making sure that the family's voice choices are heard, honored, and respected. And we also have to understand the dynamics of system partners and, you know, that they have to make sure that things are legal and that everyone, you know, especially the child's best interest is being uh, first and foremost taken note of, but also the family's voice is important too and how they want to do what's going to work for them. And I just remember, you know, um, having uh, situations where uh, DHS or a system partner came into my life, even with Khalil, with my daughter, and coming into my house and saying, you know, well, I'm here because X, Y, and Z. And, you know, it's like, wait a minute, you want to come to my house without asking me any questions about myself and fix me when I didn't even say or acknowledge that I was broken, right? So what, what what's going on? Of course, I'm going to push 
back because you didn't respect me first. You didn't come in and say, hey, you know, my name is and I have resources and I would like to offer these resources to you if you would like to give me an option. Right. Don't say if you don't do this, then we're going to have to do that. You know, you're giving me an ultimatum or now, you know, you're forcing or you're bullying me and I'm supposed to be intimidated. If you back a mouse into a corner, what's going to happen? Right. So a lot of times it's about the approach and it's about, you know, again, respect, you know, listening to the family, even if it is what they need, help them to understand why they need it and let it be their choice. A lot of times in life, what I would do is use reverse psychology. When people think is what they want, they'll go after it more. But when they feel like you're pressuring them to take it, they're going to refuse it. So give them all of the knowledge, information first, and then say, you know, well, let's brainstorm together, make them a part of the process. You know what I'm saying? If you were to receive this process, um, this resource, what would it need to look like for you to accept it? You know, doing different things like that, bringing those type of strategies to the table to help the system partner understand that, you know, don't take away our integrity. We might need help, but we are invalids. You know, we are invisible. You know, we in our mind was functioning fine. You're the outsider coming in, you know, intruding on our world, even if you think that what you're coming in with is good and it very well may be but we have to feel as though we want you we need you to accept it don't force it on us right we know they need the resources it's just how can we lovingly help them to see how this resource can be advantageous for their family you must have seen some interesting developments working with families and schools or with families and residential homes and with the families saying, you know, they're not listening, they're not providing what we need. And the school saying, we told them to do this and they didn't do it or whatever. And I know that um, I, I facilitate the parent support group every week for ICDL. And I want to be a part of it. Yes. The thing, yes, I will absolutely have you as our guest. We have a guest once a month, so I'm going to schedule you in for sure. Um, so I, I, the question I get, I'd say most frequently, or not necessarily a question, but issues that come up most frequently are around school. So the child at school is not being respected. Uh, they're being treated as a behavior problem. The school isn't understanding that they you know, aren't able to do something and that's why they're acting out. It's not that they're behaving badly on purpose. How does, how in your, in your different, uh, either your past positions or with what you do now, how do you bridge that gap between the parents saying, look, you have to support my child. Like this is the law. You have to have a place for them at school. They, you know, you're, you can't just watch them as a behavior problem in the school saying, oh, you have to come pick the child up because they're behaving badly. Absolutely. So, um, again, on both sides, education, you know, knowledge is power. Um, and so I was working at a school and um, what happened was I went into the classroom and the child was autistic. However, the child had not been identified or diagnosed, but I could clearly see the signs. And um, the teacher was saying, um, one, she wrote a big fat zero on the homework. 
He doesn't do his homework. When I came in, she had him like standing. I think she had him in the corner. And I was like, it's against the law now. You cannot put children in corners. You have to, even if you take a chair and remove them from the group, have them facing the learning environment, right? You can't put children face away from the learning environment or in corners that's psychologically wrong. And um, so to let them know you cannot do that, but also to say, you know, she says, well, you know, he, and I'm just using he loosely, um, is not, you know, always a distraction, rubbing, moving the chair back and forth, pushing the desk. And I'm thinking, like I'm picturing it in my head, like moving the chair, moving the desk. When you, and I said, let me, let me show you something. And I went over to the teacher and I told her, touch your desk. Now push it the way the child does. What do you feel? I said, think about it. What do you feel? Well, I feel vibrations. Yes, sit in the chair, scoot in the chair. What do you feel? Vibrations. That sounds sensory to me. She's like, hmm. okay. Maybe the child's having some sensory type of situations. I'm not a professional. I don't have the letters, but maybe that's something you can look into. Maybe you can talk to someone about that to check into that because it doesn't sound like attention seeking behaviors, but it seems like some type of stimulant that the child is craving for, right? So, okay, yeah, let me do that. Also with the homework, well, what, tell me about the homework. Help me to understand that. Well, the homework was what do snowmen do at night? And the child didn't do it because he said, one, snowmen are not real. And I am asleep at night, so I wouldn't know if they were. And he wouldn't <laughs> do it. And I said, in with children with autism, there is no gray. It's black or white. Snowmen are not real. And again, like he said, he is, as, he is asleep. And so it's always literal with them. Where's the user's imagination? autistic children that may be a challenge for them if they have not you know come to that realization or accomplish that goal yet so that's a challenge and he, he's not going to be able to do that and she was like oh so you know i think that before you just write this big fat red o on children's paper dig a little deeper and ask them what made you not do it or what was your thoughts you know what do you mean by that you know get a little dig a little deeper and so the teacher you know looked into it and they had him tested and he was autistic and he did have some sensory uh situations there yeah uh it's it's amazing to me how little is known in the general public i you know to me neurodiversity is a word that's you know common language and i've mentioned it to people in my circles who who are professionals and even like professors and things, and they've never heard that word before. And I was just blown away. And I realized it's such a, a word and a subject that's just in the autism community. And, and it's spreading a lot further now. Um, I, there was a book maybe about 10 years ago, Neurotribes by Steve Silberman that talked about neurodiversity and stuff, but you know, it, it didn't get to the general public. And then you think about all the school teachers and they might have a little bit of information here and there, but there's not a lot of information about sensory mm -hmm. uh, profiles and sensory integration and all that stuff. So yeah, it's, it's um, as um, one of my colleagues at ICDL says, it's one by one by one by one. We educate one person at a time and hope that it spreads. Right. But you know what, if, right. if I, if I have to be honest, before Khalil came into my life and before the word autism came into my life. I was one of those parents or one of those people 
who would be in a store and say, oh my God, why can't she control her child? Like I'm a, I was a shame blamer and judger, right? Until that child became me. And until those behaviors and that situation knocked on my door and it was like, oh my goodness, wow. Is that how they felt when I was doing that? So a lot of times these words, these terms, unless they're knocking at your door or they're on the other side of your window, we don't care. We just like give our opinion and judge and move on. Like, why don't you do something? Right? Yeah. Until it hits home for us. And then it becomes a different situation in a scenario. And I want to do research and I want to educate people and empower people, right? Because I'm pointing back at me. That's what had to happen for me, right? Yeah. And Kylil, I wonder um, what are there certain experiences that stand out to you in interacting with different autistics that are your peers or just in your work that you do that really have helped, you know, sort of open your eyes into how to help open other people's eyes. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like the thing. Yeah, so the funny thing about my role is that it's kind of independent. So it's kind of like I'm the I'm like, yes, I'm working in a team amongst like 20 to 30 something people that are not on the autism spectrum, but may have children who are autistic. There are little things that may like come to mind that I uh, might need to like, you know, like I'm like further push out there in the long run. So um, two instances that happened this year was uh, one, I remember I did a presentation in a school and there was like this one, um, and there was like this one student that basically like opened up. Well, first when I was like, you know, like, um, like you, you heard about the six, nine concept. Is it either six or nine? Is there a right or wrong answer? And then I'm like, you know, like um, I, I did it with this face and there's like, there was like a word plastered on the side of it. Um, I remember when I um, did that presentation and this one person in class actually said it was both. And yes, despite the fact that the person got it um, right, wrong, whatever the case may be, it was how we both reacted. Um, and this is probably like, you know, like, um, I think that this student was like 18 years old and I was, well, 28 um, this year. And and I guess like, you know, like that that sense of excitement, that sense of joy just seems to be like something that, you know, might have to like express in the long run. And I did because um, I remember like last year, I usually like, you know, um, have like um, these meetings every other Thursday. Um, I call them CAPS meeting. They're not really like focused towards CAPS. I think it's just generally just talking about what's out there in the autism community. And and I just want to I just want to Specify for listeners, CAPS is Community Autism mm -hmm. Peer Specialist. So like first I went over the topic of triggers and it was just seemed like, you know, it was kind of like, you know, like a little bit of a negative retention because I'm like, when you think of the word triggers, it's something that, you know, like you wouldn't like say often um, unless it's all like something like, oh, okay. Um, flashing lights, that's a no-no. That's a, that's a dangerous trigger right there. So if you're not trying to be reacted by this, stay away from that or else it'll be triggered by this you say something bad or there's certain like language that may not suit get to you tw trigger warning but i want to go over excite triggers because we both was like you know like excited over something like that and then there were like other things it's like you know um talking for way too long sometimes like moving while talking 
and other times like even like accidentally like you know like swearing or something like that or even like you know i'm doing like you know like i'm like self-harming even when it's um time to get excited for something um i thought that like was a pretty well turnout and then there was another instance when um this actually happened on a saturday just passing where um where one person actually just like asked Kyle, do you talk to yourself or do you feel as though like you over explain some things and it's all like you know what that's also like something else that you know like i might like think about in the long run as well um and other things and other things i might just like you know like look up on things i might like not notice about myself via the hashtag actually autistic um trend on any social media pages which is where like if you just like put autistic plainly you may like see some resources there but some may just like wind up being like a connection to those involving autism speaks or anything like that or just or, or just like you know like general or just like you know like general stuff that's just mentioned out there that's not ne that's not necessarily needed however hashtag actually autistic is more like connected to those who are just generally on the autism spectrum themselves just giving out their experiences and how that's like you know like related to so like you know you had like you know like i just recently picked up like meltdowns and shutdowns and how those two like you know like um are kind of like different to those on the autism you know like for those who may like you know react to things that are like overwhelming like meltdowns this is where it's kind of like in you know, like episodic and like you don't know like you know like how to react to the next thing because there's too many things happening all at once like i'll admit yes i'm looking at a multitude of computer screens and i have all these books and papers scattered everywhere on my desk and i don't know what to do next it is shutdowns it's where it's all like okay i can't take it anymore so i'm just going to have to just go on a full reset and just like you know just take a rest right then and there so i know one instance my mother was and i was trying to get ready for this one event um i guess my face wasn't properly like shaving or anything and um i'm trying to like you know i like, properly like clean myself the best way i can and i did but by the time we made it out of the house and mind you it only takes like 30 minutes to get to this place in the house it was already 50 minutes late but even like then the shutdown happened when i just accepted all of that like oh okay you know what forget it can't do it that's fine let me just just hey, what, you know. what what all led to the meltdown shutdown was that i wanted him to look a certain way he shaved but i felt like those patches is not done so then i went and shaved him shut down and i should have thought the people don't care what he looked like is what he says that's more important but i was caught on the look the image and not the purpose of why we were going and i and i share that story with the families because a lot of times you know they're like oh you want to wear a winter hat in the summer who cares as long as you get from point a to point b wear the hat don't worry about what people want to say or what people want to think it's cool. Matter of fact, I have created, it's called the Awesome Movement, and it's a private uh, social support group for 
fam individuals and families that have autism and mental health. I'm gonna send you the link because every it's three things a day. I start with a, a power thinking boost, courtesy of Stanley Green from the Power Thinking. And also there is a meme in harmony with the Power Thinking Boost, which is a quote that I then add a meme and add on a thought-provoking question to encourage engagement and conversation. And then there's fun facts about the topic. And the topic for today was about um, laughter or whatever. Sometimes, you know, we fake it till we make it. And, you know, I was saying like in the autism uh, world, it's called masking. But, you know, in a card game, it's called uh, bluff, right? Putting on a poker face. And regardless, like, do we always have to censor people's authenticity? Or can we allow them to be who they are without shame, blame, or judgment? Like they say, oh, you don't have a filter because I can speak my mind. Because I... You know, I'm not afraid to say what I mean and mean what I say, right? Yep. So, yeah. I wanted to ask you about the autism ambassadors. I mentioned it a little bit in the introduction. Yes. The Project Elijah Empowering Autism and You. Partnered uh, with Spectrum Success 911, and we created Autistic Ambassadors in 45 days. So I'm telling you again, I feel like, you know, God just ordaining and connecting the steps. I was at a uh, webinar uh, and it was like a um, kind of like a conference type thing. And it was different people there talking about their groups and their movements and speakers. And so I connected with one of the representatives from Work Ready. And I was like, hey, would you consider allowing individuals that have a diagnosis to participate in Work Ready? They said, we've never done that before we can't create a curriculum but if there's a curriculum made we'll do it and i said okay you'll let us do it it's like sure and so i created the curriculum and we had the module and it was called autistic ambassadors and i thought it would be so loving to because of thinking about the transitioning piece but how about giving them a support person for the transition piece and the sibling also my thought is teach the, the sibling how to advocate for their loved one. So we're empowering, strengthening the family, providing self-efficacy for both the individual and the sibling. Because like I thought about my daughter, she was saying, if someone says something about her brother, she was going to feel a certain way and feel like she had to do a certain thing. But if we give them that self-efficacy to know that it's okay that my sibling has a diagnosis, you know, and to teach them strength-based language, how, to explain about their loved one's diagnosis and to be proud of their loved one because our diagnosis does not define our abilities, right? And to be able to teach them this and our motto was being number one comes and goes. However, being first in history is our goal along our journey, creating cycles and creating a new path conspicuously for us by us. I love it. And that's Autistic Ambassadors. So you provided work experience. So we had um, work readiness training, and we also had uh, self-advocacy, self-efficacy. Khalil did a wellness piece. He taught him how to do the smoothies and different things. And we did, in the morning time, we would come in and we had a sheet where it would ask us what, how many, how many hours did we sleep the night before? 
Um, what is your mood with the emojis that you circle it? What are you grateful for? Um, and then a little journal entry about what did you do the day before? And they would all sit there. We sit in a circle. We'd have our circle in each one. Now, if they stood up and presented it, they got paid. And it was like uh, play money, but it looked real. They would get paid $10. If they sat down and presented, it was $5. And then when they came into the day, they got $10 for coming to work one time and $10 for signing in. And then like there would be chores. So if I say, you know, can you wipe off the tables? When we first started, they had no clue about uh, the concept of money. Like how much would you charge me to wipe the tables off? $100. But by the end of the week, it was, okay, well, how many tables is it? What all do you want me to do to the tables? Two tables, you want me to just wipe it down? I'll charge $10 a table, $20. Yes, yes. And then we had our money-making moments where I would say, okay, the bank is kind of short. We're out of ones. Well, um, so three ones to get you a $5 bill and uh, three fives to get you a $20 bill and little negotiations. But what they had to do was say what their profit gain was. So if you gave me three ones and I gave you a five, what was your profit gain? $2, right? And we had different moments like that. Even with the piece, we had some federal bank come in to do a financial literacy piece because now they're going to be getting paid. They're going to be getting a check. We also have replicas of ATM machines where we taught them how to successfully and safely use the ATM machine, how to put your card in, how to check your surroundings, make sure you go with a partner, put your code in and deposit your money. And also we learned, they learned, the ambassadors learned the difference between the debit card, a credit card and how to write a check. So really, really preparing them for their next step into the world. So individuals from 12 to 14 received $1,000 for six weeks and 15 to 24 got $11 an hour. Awesome. And that was real money. Yes, that was real money. Absolutely. So um, while they were there, they were responsible. They had a wallet, like, and they would have to keep their money in it and everything because we would count our money. And we would do, like, well, who was the shark for the day? Who made the most money? Because they can come and say, oh, um, Miss, Miss, they would say, Miss Shell, can I um, wipe the tables down after lunch? Well, how much will you charge me to do that? $5 a table, $10 a table. Okay. So whoever gathered the most money, we have our shark moment. Everybody count their money. And then we would do like applause for how much money they made for the day and who was the shark for the day and different things like that. And also um, we would have like a art contest where we did an art gallery and they would draw pictures. They were so talented, would draw pictures and they would bid on the pictures for each other with their money. And at the end, during our award ceremony at the end, they traded in the money of the incentive, the incentive money for a $50 a Visa gift card. Cool, cool. So, um, so they had play money during the course that they worked with, yeah, but they, they also, also got had, um, paid real money correct. for attending and doing the course. Correct. And and I I'm assuming you had community sponsors to fund yeah, that. Yeah. So, uh, Children Hospital from the homelessness um, prevention came in and talked to them about homelessness and what did that look like and what did it mean to be homeless. Also, we had a, a cert come in and talk to them. Um, we had uh, the graduates, the new CAPS, Community Autism Peer Specialist graduates come in and were peer mentors with them and they 
uh, talked about their experiences and growing up with a diagnosis and different things and told share their stories and everything. Um, yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. We also had on um, Wednesdays was our uh, Dress for Success Day. So if they came in dressed for the job that they wanted, like they came in with a sweatsuit on, then okay, so where can you work with your outfit? At a sporting goods store. Or you know, I can work in, um, or if they had on a, a slacks and a polo shirt, I could work at a food store, uh, like a Popeyes or Ann's. Uh, and you know they would get $25 for coming in dressed for success and then talk about their explain their outfit and where they could work with that on and they would get money for standing up and doing a presentation in front of the group we also had a replica like of a store and we would have different um therapeutic manipulatives and activities that they can purchase with the incentive money and you would practice walking up to the teller and saying what you want and giving them the money and counting your change and asking them if you need to, can you count my change back to me? So we modeled them having that engagement with going to a store and purchasing things. So lots and lots of helpful life skills. Yes. And I, and in terms of your skills, you now have all of these skills to um, make pitches to sponsors and and uh, marketing partners to fund the programs that you're delivering. So I imagine that was a big skill that you acquired yourself I'm over hoping, the so years. So I know that uh, Pia, um, along with Special Sets 911, mostly Pia though, with their um, athletic uh, sponsorship, they got a uh, $20,000, no, $40,000 sponsorship from 76ers to run basketball clinics, along with Special Success 911, doing the family engagement parts and that's for two years oh that's wonderful well um before we sign off uh, it's been amazing hearing about the work that you guys do i thank you so much i learned so much from both of you i had um an off the wall kind of question that i would love to get your take on kylil because i noticed you have a cat <laughs> That cat is always in the screen. That yes. cat has attention-seeking behaviors. <laughs> yeah, I think if I can recall, there was actually a book called Cats Are Autistic. But then again, I'm like, I don't know about that one. Um, well, that was going to be my question. You, oh, my gosh. I did not know if he was going to talk about the Cats is Autistic book. Oh. No, I don't know about the book. But I've just seen on social media... Lots of autistics, uh, they do like Catterday instead of Saturday, hashtag cat, hashtag Catterday, and they post pictures of cats. And then there was a news clip about um, an autistic boy who was attacked by a dog, like a young child, and the cat came rushing and attacked the dog. And so then um, some autistic people were commenting like, well, autistics are just like cats, like you know, dogs come and run up to you for affection, but cats sort of mind their own business and they sort of live by their own terms. And, um, you know, they're socially different than dogs. And so someone was saying, well, yeah, as autistics, we're socially different. And, and so I just was curious about your take on that. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, so I actually did like have like a meeting about that one time. Um, it was kind of brief because I, because I'm like, you know, um, basically like when I was like talking about the the book that I was reading a curious case of the dog in the nighttime 
Um, somebody actually did bring up that next to um like things that relate to autism and entertainment, you definitely gotta like check out the book called Cats Are Autistic. Um, I, I still haven't gotten to reading it or even buying the book, but it was like you know like um, like something I did kind of like see like first off like reading about the book since the um since a curious case of the dog in the nighttime isn't really about a dog, but it's like after like hearing cats are autistic, I can like in some way shape or form kind of like see it because like um scratching you know scratching things the reason why cat scratches this scratches the back of chairs would probably be the same exact reason why scratch chalk um there's just something there's just something that just like i enjoy about the thing making my you, you know like my spine like feel a certain way but it's also like at the same exact time like um when i was like younger i used to like you know like dribble the fingers in my mouth to take the chalk to take the chalk residue out and it's like nowadays i think i still kind of like do that um so i went on TikTok and like talked about like my cases of stimming and one of my forms of stimming is that whenever i wear like a metal um like find anything metal like whether that's a spoon a fork or even like a necklace is that i would just like you know like like bite into it or just like corner it like on the um on the tip of my lip and I do like feel so that this is kind of like a cat like a cat like thing as well, because like, you know, I just like to just bite into that for no reason. Sometimes it may like, you know, I feel like the the um the the, the warmth, the cold. Um sometimes we just like get up in the morning, just wanna just like just like lay down on the bathroom floor before you start off the um start of your day because the floor is cold. Um these are just like, you know, like little things that I don't really like have conversations about, but it's like when someone brings it up, the um the, the, the conversation actually does get pretty interesting afterwards, you know. Well, thank you so much. Um I love getting all of this information and hearing about how people are empowering autistics and those with other mental health challenges and the ways that you do it, such a DIR way. Um, even if it's not under the guise of DI or floor time, we, like I said, we have so many common values. So, um, I'm going to put links to all of your social medias. Uh, Kylil has TikTok and Instagram. Um, Shell has Instagram spectrum success has Instagram. And so I'll put all of those links at the podcast, uh, blog post at affectautism.com. Thank you both so much and thank you for the work that you do. And if people want to connect with them, the phone number is behind Shell's head and I will post that as well. <laughs> they, there's their phone number if you are interested in contacting them and you are in the Philadelphia area, but you also do Zooms um, and contact um, with people online. You, you have uh, contact with people online as well. They can contact you if they're not in the Philadelphia area. Yes, yes. that's correct. Awesome. Thank you so much. I am so thankful and grateful for this opportunity. Yes. Thank you. And thank you for having us here. Thank you very much. And listeners, stay tuned again. We'll be back in two weeks. Right. Have a great day on purpose. We Chose Play is a new series documenting my family's floor time journey. You can see the preview on YouTube and you can register to watch the extended trailer for free at affectautism.com play or just go to wechoseplay.com.
With each episode, you'll glean insights, tips, and reflections, what I learned and what I know now that I would tell myself back then along the way. I hope it will support caregivers in their floor time experience. We chose play. We have joy every day. Until next time, here's to choosing play and experiencing joy every day.